Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rigged, the Random Idea Generator cast. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Brandon. And we are the Brothers McGill, your hosts for this adventure. This is episode four, the final week of our month in the story arc. We are going to pick up exactly where we left off from last week. We're going to start the cycle all over again with Matt DMing for Brandon and wrap everything up with a nice, clean uh, resolution that Matt's going to throw in at the end once we've all had our, our fair share. So we're going to jump right in exactly where we left off. Enjoy and stick around for a little chat uh, after that about our storytelling. Thanks. You hear the door behind you to the press box open. Some just very large, also a bugbear, surprisingly, pokes his head in. And he is, he's looking for you. He calls out your name, Caitlin Noble. Give me a, uh, a D20 roll for our conflict. Okay. It's a 17, which is trick. Trick. All right. This other bugbear, large, obviously larger than you because he's a male, but not by much. He pokes his head in the door, says your name. And and you trick him. Uh, how do you do that? She kind of recognizes in the tone of his voice that, for one, it might not be something good, and two, that it's simply going to distract her from what she wishes to accomplish at this time. So what she's going to do is she's going to use her minor illusion spell Ooh. and cause a very strange noise sounding like it sounds like a sort of a verbal argument about to turn into a physical argument down the hall so there's this there's this uh loud echoing of argument okay down the hall at which time obviously her goal is to have the this security person turn and run towards this false event gotcha okay give me a d20 roll then let's see what how much he believes this uh, illusion. All right. We have an 18. Oh, nice. He he really believes it. You know, he, he hears that. He hears all the voices down the hall and immediately just backs out, looks down, and he thinks he sees something. And honestly, he might see something, but it's not what you are what you're representing and he just says hey you and just sprints down the hallway Mm -hmm. so that leaves everything that conflict is over basically you you bypassed that completely he is no longer a threat he's out cracking skulls of somebody else at this point yes so you're waiting the games are are continuing to go there are no other no other conflicts really going on aside from the ones down in the arena obviously you notice that there is a a little halfling that is next to you. He's watching, obviously, what's going on down in the arena, but he also is kind of looking around and just kind of surveying the the other journalists in the room. And eventually, he kind of just turns to you, elbows you a little bit, not in a not in the manner that the dwarf was, obviously, but more to kind of get your attention. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, hey, you, uh, you look like somebody I can trust. Are you somebody I can trust? <laughs> now, when you put it like that. It depends on what you are entrusting me with. I, I have some information. We're, we're journalists, you know, so we, we deal in information. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so smarmy. I do like information. I, uh, I, I've heard about the, uh, the Empress Aurora. You know Empress Aurora? I've heard. She's uh, she's going a little crazy, I heard. I heard that things are going down, if you, uh, if you know what I mean. I think they're going down today. If you can uh, get me out of here, I'll share the scoop with you. Well, two heads are better than one. Let's give it a shot. Okay. 
I think we can escape this room here. Nobody's really paying attention to us. But when things go crazy down in the uh, the executive suite, that's where I think Aurora is. I think I'm going to need you to kind of be my bodyguard, if that's okay. Yes, that would be fine. Okay. All right. I like I like where your head is at. I uh, I don't get too many positive looks when uh, you know I start talking about information. If you know what I mean. <laughs> He's one of those guys that says, "If you know what I mean," after every sentence. <laughs> yes, and he, his eyebrows raise every time he says it. <laughs> okay, so he kind of looks at you, looks back at the at the games, and just kind of goes about his business like nothing's. Nothing's happening at this point. Like it, like that conversation never occurred. And eventually, he just kind of elbows you one more time. Just this is this is a hard one. This is like okay, you can't mistake this for anything else. It's time to go. Mm-hmm. So he gives you one fierce elbow, throws his leg over the the bench, and just kind of waltzes through the crowd of journalists. Okay. As soon as he gets up. Somebody else takes his spot. Mm-hmm. It was, It's just one of those kind of cutthroat things. Yeah. What would you like to do at this point? At this point, I will get up and... The dwarf immediately takes your seat. <laughs> I shoot him one more dirty look just for good measure. But then I follow the uh, halfling to the door. And in the doorway, I cast another of my spells, which is disguise self. And I disguise myself as one of the security guards. So as to fool others that I am escorting this press person around very nice okay you're walking out he seems to know this little halfling he knows where you're going or where you should be going he knows where the executive suite is it's obviously not his first rodeo here so he starts walking you around kind of it's not far honestly and you come across a not a velvet rope, obviously, but it's like a, a rope of individuals. It's people just kind of uh, just standing in a line. Mm-hmm. They're, it's a human barrier. And they just look at you. They notice your disguise, but I need you to roll a d20 so that they believe your disguise. Okay. 13. Okay. They believe that you are one of them. They just has never seen you before. They assume that you've been brought on. You're fairly new. Okay. So they're not going to give you as much as much leeway because you're you're not a seasoned veteran at this. But one of the bigger ones, he is uh, an orc. He just stops you and says, uh, "What are you doing?" I'm escorting this press member around. Uh, he was granted a special pass for uh, essentially carte blanche to take note on all of the grounds. Where pass? And the little halfling just looks up at you and goes, yeah, do you have the pass? (laughs) All right. And so at that point, I will again cast Minor Illusion to basically create an illusion of a pass to fool this. uh, Kind of turn your press pass into a carte blanche pass? Actually, to turn my, my skull and crossbones flag into a pass. So I pull that out of my pocket. Wow. Okay. We'll bring. It's a big pass. I know. That's okay. That's a, yeah, it's a big end. <laughs> All right. Uh, roll a d20. All right. It is a 13 again. 13. Okay. He looks at it. He's like, You big lady. <laughs> big pass. Okay. Let big pass lady through. And then he just kind of moves to the side. And then allows you guys to to walk through. The little halfling just turns to you and goes, Hey, that was nice. You know what I mean. (laughs) Uh, Thank goodness for the races with a lower IQ. Yeah, absolutely. From there, you guys go to... You get to this this big suite, basically. It is Jerry Jones' suite at Cowboy Stadium. It's opulent, well-decorated. It's it's a beautiful thing. There's a... Texas-shaped hot tub in it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there are plenty of ugly people in that hot tub right now. <laughs> and, and Texas-shaped oh, no. hot dogs yes. as well. Yes, they have a, a special uh, meat press. <laughs> They're hot dog patties. <laughs> no, it's just one long thing. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> okay, 
tubed meats, the finest tubed meats money can Absolutely. buy. Absolutely. And with that, you are in in the suite, and you're where you need to be. You're, you're going to try to seek towards the door that he was guarding, which is kind of a dark hallway, so you know it's not, you know, it's not where you need to be. It could lead to something that you're very interested in. It's a stairway going up, so it, there's a good chance. Oh, yeah. Okay. So at this point, we'll have you roll. All right, my cliffhanger. Okay. That is a 17. Oh, no. Structure weakened. Collapse imminent. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's awesome for an arena. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what happens now as you are as you're just stepping through that door, the security guard gets up once more, but once again is knocked over. And the fact that he's wearing sixty five hundred pounds of equipment, he gets knocked into the doorway. And the arch of the doorway begins to crumble and collapse on you. Okay. So as this is starting to crumble, what would you do at this point? What What is your move? The rubble is coming straight down, basically? Yeah, I mean, it's basically the arch of the doorway and the walls are starting to sort of like shift in and it's starting to, you know, kind of cave in on itself. Does it look like the whole staircase is going down or would I, if I can sneak through, if I can get through without being crushed, could I get up those stairs? You could. Basically, I'd be escaping all of those jerks and be able to get upstairs safely if I can get past this crumbling. Or does it look like the whole staircase is coming down and I need to just find another way? No, honestly, it is just the the entranceway and, you know, the bottom few stairs that are going to be affected. I mean, you don't know for sure if it's going to extend all the way up or not, but it doesn't look like it is. It looks like it's just going to kind of crumble up around the, or I'm sorry, in the doorway and seal that off. Okay, I'm I'm going to try and get through there. Okay. I'm going to try and do a dex check okay. and, and get, my, get through there to get up those stairs and not be pursued. Okay, roll that. Okay. 15. Nice. You realize that it's now or never. Yeah. So you start to just book it for that entrance. And you are noticed by the doofy big guy. And he reaches out for you. But at that time, the, the keystone of the arch just drops right on his arm. Oh. And he no. is devastated because that was his pepper spray arm. <laughs> But he is, at this point, incapacitated because of that. So you have lucked out. And subsequently, another smaller but hefty enough rock came down and struck him on the head so that he is left unconscious. So now he cannot even alert anyone else. Is this like, did I see that this is a fancy staircase? Like, can I, is it safe to assume that I'm going in the right direction toward where the Empress is? It's not definite, but it certainly seems that way because the walls of the stairway are lined with golden torches and in between strung along our royal blue banners. So it's kind of like the VIP. It's the entrance to the VIP area. So you kind of sure. get the idea that yeah, okay. that's probably where I need to go. Okay, great. Then I'll, yeah, I'll just make my way up those stairs. So you get to the top of the stairs and... It's a hallway going in two different directions, and it's kind of hard for you to tell which way you should go. So at this point, roll me a perception to see if you can sort of pick up on where you might need to go. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to be looking for the most activity, Any anybody that looks like bodyguards, anything mm-hmm. like that. That's a one. That's a one. I have been rolling garbage. You need a new D20. Except for that 15. Oh, okay. That's a one. So the hallways are basically bare because, you know, the games are going on. No one's out in them right now. 
you just you you have no idea as to the right direction. So at this point, what do you do? I'm basically in the middle of this hallway. I can go left yeah, or right. Yeah, it's just a T. The hallway meets the stairwell at a T, and it's there's two two directions only. It's a T on either end of the hallway as well. Essentially, like I, I don't see anything to indicate anything. They're very long hallways, and they're not very well lit for reasons of security. For that reason, so that you know any sort of intruder may not know. Okay, and may lose their focus and direction. But they do seem like very long hallways, and what they are is actually it's it is just one straight hallway, and it ends on either side. So it's very it's simple, but it's it's made to sort of disorient. Okay, and am I therefore disoriented, or have I fi- have I figured out that it is, has been made this way? Uh, you're smart enough to know that it's kind of dark for a reason because you can pick up on the fact that this is the you know this is the prime suite and why else would it it be so dim and and not seemingly illustrious you know so do i see any other doorways along this hall then you see a faint glow to your right there is one doorway with a very faint glow and then to the left uh, down the hall there are three doorways uh, one of which is on the same side of your stairwell, and the other two are on, on the opposite side. Then I'm going to go to the the side that has the one door. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Roll to make sure that you don't bump into anyone. Sort of a stealth, maybe. Okay. 16. 16. You make it through without a hitch. There's no one there that they, nobody that caught you and you get yourself, you find yourself right at the edge of the door, sort of standing there, mulling things over, sort of planning your next move. So this is the door to the Empress's box. Yeah, you have found the door to the box. You realize that this is it. You sort of peek your head in and you see... You know, you see bodyguards, you see a big throne, which you won't, you can't see the Empress because the the back of the throne covers, but you can absolutely tell there's servers coming in and out with Texas-shaped hot dogs. I was going to say, do I smell hot dogs? Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, (laughs) right. And and (laughs) Perception hot dogs. So that you are there. You are just outside sort of planning your next move. I want to roll for hot dog handling. (laughs) Absolutely. It's a T at the end, and there's just a single flickering torch that is very barely casting any light for you. So give me your environment roll. I think now is a good time for that D20 environment. Okay. That is a five. A uh, five. Oh, okay. A gust of wind. Okay. All right. That's... From the hot dogs. <laughs> from the... Well, from whoever's it eating the hot yeah. dogs. A collective gust of wind. <laughs> a collective <laughs> gust. So you get to the end, and someone opens the door to the office, and in doing so... With all of the different portals and doors and stuff, there's some sort of kind of enclosed environment that, like, when you open a door, it pushes the wind from another door. So this, when he opens this door, this great gust of air comes pouring out, blows out the torch Okay. that really was all that you could see from. But also, it's so strong that it blows open the door to go up the stairs. Okay. And there's this almost ethereal light coming out of this office that kind of just trickles down that T of the hallway and filters into the the set of stairs. And you see the royal colors of the Empress in basically ribbon that's kind of lined up along the banister. 
Going up the stairs, you mean? Going up the stairs. Okay. I think first thing I want to do is cast dancing lights around myself so that I don't run into anything. Okay. Just kind of really quick, just snap of the fingers thing. Sure. And then I will walk towards the stairwell, but I will, as I'm doing that, I will glance into the office, see if I see anything of note in that area. You see this kind of hunchbacked lizard folk shuffling over to the door, mumbling, grumbling to himself. Give me a perception and see if you can hear what he's saying. Sure. Uh, 15. Okay. He's got friggin' ragged friggin' I asked Todd to fix this door once I asked him to fix it a dozen times. <laughs> and just, just grump, just, just a cranky old guy. Okay. And it's just, and there's, there's like paperwork that's kind of blown off the desk and it, it looks like every, every back office of every restaurant you've ever worked in or, okay. or every, yeah, it's just, it seems to be kind of generic, just, just administrative generic. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And he doesn't even really spare you a glance. He also looks pretty gosh darn old. And as such, he probably has pretty pretty crummy eyesight. So between there not being any much light down there except for the dancing lights, which are kind of fey ethereal, right? Yes. Yeah. So he probably didn't see it or, or thought, he, thought he saw something and didn't bother to look again. He doesn't know where his glasses are, but they're on top of his head. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. They're they're wedged in one of like the crests on his on yes. his head, and he he just shuts the door. Okay, cool. Shuts the that... door, and and you you hear that like that airlock sound of like as the door gets closer, the air gets tighter, and it starts a whoosh, and then it just shuts, and everything is eerily silent for being okay. at a a gladiatorial arena as these these crazy games are going on. Gotcha. The games have started already? At this point, the games are just really... It's kind of the warm-up act. So it's a bunch of... of we'll say it's a bunch of halflings in, like, doing a mock gladiatorial battle, you know, with, like, sausages and things. <laughs> the Atlantic City in the 1920s kind of... The, the midget toss type thing. Yeah. I was going to say dwarves, but, I mean... It wouldn't work because there are dwarves in this world. So what do you do? Well, at this point, I will go up the stairs. I will follow that to the next level. Okay. You head on up, and as you reach that first, the first landing, it's a couple of stories worth. As you reach the first landing, there are torches. It starts to be lit again. Okay. And all the way along up that banister is this very fine silk ribbon uh, wrapped around in the royal colors for Empress Aurora. And the farther up you get, the fancier and more decorated it gets. Okay. You can kind of surmise that this is not a staircase that was taken by her, but it's it's decorated just in case, essentially. It's kind of a back gotcha. path okay. if needed. You reach the first landing and you see more ribbon going up but you can also get off on the first landing. Are you going to follow the ribbon or are you going to get out on the, basically the, f- the second floor? I think I'm going to follow the ribbon until it ends. Okay. That way uh, I'm hoping that, that it leads to her suite. Oh yeah. You follow it up to the very top until you can't go any further. And it leads to a set kind of a set of swinging doors. And this hallway is poorly lit. And you, when you step out into the hallway, it kind of ends on either side. It's a very, it's a, it seems to be a completely isolated hallway. But you do see some light coming down, coming out of a series of rooms. Okay. Um, if you look down to your right, you see two doors on that side. Mm-hmm. And if you look down to the left, you see two doors, one on either side. Okay. Can I roll like a perception check to see if there's any any noises that I recognize or anything like that coming from any specific direction? Okay, sure. <laughs> a two. <laughs> noises all over the place. There are noises and you hear them. Okay. It's really it's and actually with a two it's questionable whether you hear them. 
Yeah. It's kind of hard to discern, to be honest, because the games are starting and mm-hmm. 50% of the people love watching the halfling mock battles and the other 50% love booing at the mockling mock battle or at the halfling mock battles. Gotcha. So it's kind of a, a ruckus and it's, it's early on, everybody's pumped. So it's a lot of, a lot of extra noise. So you don't get much by way of sound. But you do see, as you take a look to the left, you see the back, what's basically the back foot of someone, it's the last bit of someone stepping into what seems to be a fairly well-lit room now that the door is open. Mm -hmm. The light is really kind of illuminating that whole section of hallway. Okay. And to the point where you can see that the other door on that side looks to be leading to another set of stairs. Okay. But on the opposite side, on the door that's open, there was a a white boot. It seemed to be a white leather boot. Okay. That was stepping in. It looked to be s- small. It looked to be the size of something that a halfling would be wearing. Okay. As this person steps in. Can I notice like a shadow or anything coming out on the other side of the, like the other wall? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, give me another perception on that. A four. Lord. It's all shadows and noise. Roll with advantage. I was going to say roll with advantage. So. Okay. Twelve. Okay. All right. B- because you thought to even look for the shadow on the wall. That's why I'm giving you advantage. Okay. Yeah, you see the strongest bit of the shadow is clearly this this halfling walking in. Okay. And there's the halfling has a round head. It looks like to be wearing a helmet. Okay. But he's got spikes coming out of his head, which seems really weird. Okay. And you see this big it's a lot more diffuse cuz it's further away, but it, it seems to be Basically, a uh, one of those kind of, I think it's called a wing back chair, almost. Okay. Yep. Like the chair that goes, uh, even when you're sitting down, it goes up over the head and kind of goes out and, yeah. and it's like a funnel shape. You kind of get the sense that you see something like that, whether it's patio furniture or, say, a throne. You don't know. Okay. But But you can tell that there is a seat in there. Okay. I don't notice anything on the right-hand side, right? It's just, that's just kind of business as usual down there? Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any activity over there. Okay. Then I th- I guess I'm going to go where the activity is. Okay. At least at first, check that out. Sure. So I'll take take the left and go. Okay. Yeah, you, you make your way down, and as the door, it's it's one of those doors that'll swing both ways. As it's let go by whoever just entered in, it swings back in. And you see this tiny little halfling in full white armor standing there looking around, kind of bemused. And you see this giant, like, beefcake of a woman, <laughs> of, a, of a, a goblinoid race. You, I mean, it's, it's got to be a bugbear. You can tell just from behind, not mm-hmm. to stereotype, but I mean, she's, she's, a, she's a beast. And there's a bunch of security guards lined on either side of the room and a great big throne basically seated in the middle, which next to it is basically the snack table. And there is what looks to be a punch bowl, but it's filled with Texas hot dogs. (laughs) Okay. If she just chokes, if the Empress just chokes on a Texas hot dog and that's the end of the story. I'll be all right with that. It'd be okay. okay. I'd be pretty okay. So let's give you the... Final roll. The glory of that conclusion roll. Yeah. Or no, it's not... Resolution roll. No, it's the resolution roll. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a d20. Uh, That is a three. It was all a test. That one's so hard to incorporate sometimes. A test. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, everybody's in the room at this point. Caitlin and her little halfling companion are 
kind of further in they're surveying everything obviously ira is is next in line and he is a hand on weapon ready to strike whenever he's he has a mission obviously and then diana walks in behind and just kind of surveys the scene she wants to see what's going on and as she does these four individuals they do make a bit of a commotion as they come in they don't pose much of a threat but it's it's something that where empress aurora she notices so she turns in her seat and kind of looks all four of them up and down and from then she's kind of she stands up she walks over to the snack table she says hot dog (laughs) everybody declines diana says that she'll have hers at the end of her shift (laughs) (laughs) she's sticking to that that storyline oh yeah yeah (laughs) all business and then aurora kind of looks at at the group who are they're all basically standing together at this point in the in the same general location. She looks at the the group and she says, "Oh, I, I suppose you're just you're here for the fireworks, then." Well, strap in. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't sound good. She turns, and the opening that looks out onto the arena is the same as the one that was in the. The press box. It's it's all very open. There's no windows or anything. So you can hear everything that's going on. Aurora grabs this little amulet that's hanging from her neck. And it kind of looks like the, the, the Illuminati symbol, kind of that triangle with the eye, but it's an inverted triangle. So it's like the Yu-Gi-Oh! Pyramid. <laughs> yes. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> You can trust me. I unfortunately I do. I was trained by the voice actor who voiced Yu-Gi-Oh for the record. What? I was. That's street cred with Nick McGill. <laughs> that's it. And that's it. <laughs> so I, I've impressed myself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she grabs this this uh, amulet that's hanging around her neck, and you see just a faint glow. Everyone sees a faint glow, as just kind of between her fingers and you can you can kind of see the the skeleton of her her shifter fingers as this this light starts to to emanate from between them and then all of a sudden you see her eyes roll roll back into her head and the light just kind of goes out completely Everyone turns. Wait, the light of the amulet, or the light like of the all amulet, the lights? Sorry, okay. The light okay. of the amulet goes out. It's it was very it was bright beforehand, and then it just it is gone. Okay. Everyone turns and sees Diana standing there, her hand on a shard of obsidian around her neck Ooh. that is now glowing. The fingers on her hand, you can see the bone, basically the exact same setup as uh, as before with Aurora. Mm-hmm. Aurora's standing there, and all of a sudden she just drops like a sack of potatoes. She is huh. to the floor. Gick, who is sitting to her right, he just he flips his head over and looks right at you. His comb over is flailing in the wind, <laughs> and he says, "Get them." They hurt our empress. The security guards take a step forward as if to obviously engage the party. And in response, Diana takes another step forward and everyone is held in place. Oh. She walks over to where Aurora was. No one, no one's moving at this point. And looks down at the shifter just kind of laying on the ground there's no sign of life in her at all and she bends down and says it all could have been yours 
if you had harnessed the insanity. And she takes the amulet in her hand and just rips it off her neck, breaking the chain, stuffs it in a, in a, a pouch on her belt, and turns and just walks out. She stops at the, the table, takes off her vest, puts it down. My shift is over, <laughs> she says, grabs a hot dog. And walks out. The little halfling looks up at Caitlin. Says. Well. That's something to write home about. If you know what I mean. (laughs) That's it. Wow. So it was all a test. A test put on by Diana. Yeah. Wow. She created the amulet. Not for the Empress. It was... Or specifically for her. No, not specifically for her, but it was kind of a scavenger hunt. You have it, use it wisely, and you didn't. It took over you as opposed to you taking it over. Oh, so it was for good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She is lawful neutral, so she's not out to end the world. She's not out to do anything malicious it's Mm -hmm. either you can use this object for everybody's benefit or it can consume you basically it's it's kind of the one ring in a way with a little bit more power i think yeah that was cool i didn't see that coming i like that a lot that was good i feel a little jerky making the arc kind of center around the character i rolled up but it worked it worked yeah. we she's the one who who created it she's the one who had yeah. the shard like yeah. don't at all yeah that was awesome it would have been kind of hard to come up with a pretty solid test for the other two or all three for that matter if you were going to do it for all three yeah yeah i mean i guess the only other thing that you could do as a test was maybe my character was being tested for her journalism, but I mean, that, that's, I feel like that would have been kind of a boring end. Like there wasn't really, there wouldn't have been, you know, much thrill to the conclusion in that one. It's just, you have a job or you don't. It's just a panning out shot of J. Jonah Jameson just with his <laughs> fist in the air. Screaming, screaming Parker. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I thought my initial thought for test was, that she wasn't crazy at all, that Aurora wasn't crazy at all, and that she was letting, was spreading those rumors to see if, see what the the metal of her citizens essentially, mm-hmm. like would okay. they would they stand for it or or would they um, would they fight back? That is cool, yeah, to see uh, whether she could trust her citizens to do the right thing if the the need arose. Yeah. And then because these three I don't know mate mate are the, the only three who who really made the effort or maybe we don't even know maybe other people have made the effort prior to this. Yep. They she offers them like a mm-hmm. seat on her council or sure. or some some like high position something yep. like that. So at that point the amulet of insanity is kind of an inert object. Yeah, it's not even a real thing. Yeah. Yep. It's oh, but I mean, it would be because of your, because Diana still created it. That's still part of the story. True, but it might be that you can explain away, and just that it 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 doesn't have the power that she initially thought it did, or the dwarves right. initially thought it did, or something like that. I can, you could easily kind of wave your hand, and that's okay. Yeah, and that could explain how it how it left the dwarves. You know. Yep. Diana left thinking it was this powerful, dangerous artifact, and by the time they figured out that it actually wasn't, they couldn't find Diana. <laughs> yeah, so they, they just wound up in back. a bargain bin at some yeah craft fair somewhere, right? Or, or just the the sheer fact that 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 shard that she has is like the mm-hmm. the activator, essentially. Yeah, you know that too. So it could it could have gone that way. I really liked yours though. It, she was she felt very 
it was nice to see that like oh i'm just a doddering old woman and then she at the very end she's like oh no i am so much more than that yeah and i'm gonna walk it's it's to go back to to the first episode it's very very watcher it's a very Mm -hmm. the watcher except she she intervened so it would be more like um cable essentially in in yeah. the um he knows what's going to happen he's and he has to do something about it yeah exactly for yeah. the greater good oh yeah always for the greater good at least in his mind yep i figured being a geriatric she would be of a higher level so to speak if you were to actually play her in a game so she would have a little bit more of a power than say uh especially someone like ira who's an adolescent would have in that sure. uh in that area and you know she can present herself as this doddering old woman and uh, just to kind of gain trust or gain um, access. Yeah. And then from there, she's she just whips out this, this crazy power that she's trying to use for good. Yeah, she's not just... She doesn't just dabble. She's a pro at magic. Oh, yeah. And actually, who knows how old she is. You know, maybe it's like a Merlin thing where she just keeps aging and aging and aging and getting older and older and older, but she never actually dies. Yeah, exactly. She's she's a geriatric, but that could be 85. That could be 385. Exactly. Yeah. But now that she's run this test on this this country or this kingdom or whatever, she has to go to a different kingdom and do it all over again. Yeah, I would imagine at this point it's you're going to keep it going because this is a, a an artifact that is for the greater good the problem is making sure that whoever's using it is going to use it for that or else she's, yeah. at some point she's just going to have to destroy it right yeah no one can use it without being overtaken so then you're just you're on your own yeah she's got, mm-hmm. she's she finds the right person yep. until she can't Exactly. And then it's the next step. But exactly. but I imagine it probably took a lot of time and effort and energy and magic and whatever to create this thing. Oh, so yeah. she doesn't want to just. She's going to exhaust all her options. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I like it. That was that was a nice little story. What do we th- yeah. what do we think about this format? I, I like the format. Yeah. Playing the characters. Yeah. I do like the idea of. Having a party. In a, in a unified party goal. But I don't foresee that being very feasible in this format. Yeah. It would be hard to do to play off of people that aren't there. Mm-hmm. Right. If it's if it's all supposed to be technically at the, happening at the same time. Yeah. I really enjoyed going through this because having an interaction just with one other person it breaks it up a little bit. So it's not just the monotony of my voice for seven minutes and you can, they get, you know, the listeners get to hear us interacting with each other and actually making an active role towards conclusions. And then each person, not only the DM, but the person playing now has to come up with something on the fly Mm -hmm. towards that conclusion. And also, I mean, for our sake alone, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're going along and you get a little bit tripped up, throw something in there where the other person has to interact and then they can help. That will help you lead you towards your storytelling aspect too. I really enjoy the format. I will say, I think that that that's definitely something that can and will work, but I really like the three separate paths that lead into the exact same location in this one in particular. I realize that it's not going to happen that way every mm-hmm. time, but I really like how we started in mm-hmm. three really different places and mm-hmm. wound up where we were for the three of us dming for the for our own one person yeah it makes the most sense for it to be a common mm-hmm. goal even though they don't know they share it yep you know for that especially for that resolution bump mm-hmm. so i i don't foresee this this format being a an every time from now on mm-hmm but I, I like the idea of having options, and maybe if we have an, enough options, we just do a table. Yeah, that's our very first role. 
Uh, anything else about this storyline specifically? Well, I mean, we kind of know what Diana's doing from this point on, from the end of the story. You know, she's going out and she's searching for these other individuals that could harness this power. You know, with this threat being neutralized, Nick, is Ira, is he just going back home to the borough and saying, and just pretending like he never left, everything's good to go? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. He may not even tell anyone about it. Yeah, because he's he uh, has the mask and nobody really knows he left. It is a, a true socialist utopia, as long as they can can be uh, self-sustaining and stay in their their prairie dog town, their safe bubble, then there's there's no reason to to worry about Ooh, it. Okay. Yeah. It nothing nothing is disrupted, and that was the whole point. Regardless yeah. of how it got solved, that was the point. Gotcha. Nothing to see yeah. here. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, like it's it's my work here is done, and even if that work was just witnessing that happening. Yep. Yeah, yeah. making sure it didn't go the other way. I guess. Yeah. Right. Right. He he didn't know what to expect, but he he's satisfied with the results. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So. Brando, we've uh, just determined that Diana's on her quest to find someone to use this uh, this amulet in a positive fashion. Mm-hmm. And Ira just kind of goes back home to the collective and uh, carries on his his normal day. What what's Caitlin doing after this? Is she is this a story even really worth telling? I want to add. I wouldn't say worth. Is this a story that is better not told? Yeah. If Caitlin is aware that that this is for a greater good, which she might not be though. I mean, that was that's was all all decided outside of game. Yeah, Diana didn't make any overtures within the actual suite. Right? Her story yeah. would be some some old lady knocked out the empress and took the 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 amulet. We're safe now. Mhm. Yeah. I watched or it. Or are happen. we safe now? Or are we safe now? Who's this crazy old lady who took yeah. this amulet? Is there a story told, Brando? If so, what story do they te- does Caitlin tell? I think that it's it's very very along the lines of what Nick just said. You know, kind of you know throw some flair into it and uh, but leave it a little bit vague because this story is potentially not resolved yet because that you know that amulet is. As long as it is still intact, in her eyes, there is always the potential to, for it to be put to use in, in a bad way. Or good. Right, yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't know anything ab- about the, the behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. Right, right. Is this something that Caitlin is going to try to track down now? Like, this is her, her holy grail of, of stories, is what happens to this amulet? Or is... Yeah, does this replace the flag? Does she need that that major driving story? I think that this the flag stays as an ongoing reminder, but this this amulet is her this story will go on until there's an absolute resolution. This the amulet is her is her white bronco. She's she's follow, okay. she's following OJ Simpson and Simpson in the white bronco, you know? I thought you were going to say white whale at first. Well, which would have been appropriate as well, but which also would have, yeah, that's that's why I laughed so hard when I heard bronco. <laughs> bronco will eventually replace whale in the in the vernacular. Yeah, that's right. at this point, yeah. Okay, that's cool. So she's she's going to have her ears out. Yeah, it gives her an ongoing purpose. You know, she she knows okay. that she can yeah. continue her. She can continue doing what she's good at with with this alone. And does she recognize that this is just scratching the surface? This is the start of something bigger? Yeah, basically, because nothing happened. And being an eyewitness to the fact that it was simply just a test, you know, where does this amulet go next? Does Diana give it to someone else? Is she entrusting it with someone else? Is she taking it home? Is it going to be destroyed? You know, she wants to follow it and see just what happens. Yeah, who who is this lady to be making these decisions? Yeah. Who has this power? Yeah. 
I will say one thing that halfling is definitely like following Diana out the door. Oh yeah. He's the plucky reporter. He is. Mm-hmm. Tell me who did your hair. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that that halfling. To be honest, <laughs> he Aww. felt so smarmy. He, he was felt so smarmy. He was. He was just a an old reporter guy that just had a bunch of sources and a bunch. He had. He is so small that he had to do all the dirty work just to get where he was, and that's the thing that tainted him. Is he a gossip columnist? Oh, he is. He is a hundred. He is a. He's the TMZ guy. He's a tabloid guy. But this was so important, he had to go out himself. He didn't just send the minions. He was, he was there. Okay. So he's pretty high up on, on the whole totem pole. Oh, yeah, which is why he thinks he can approach people that are three size classes bigger than he is for, uh, for protection. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, with, with no shame. Oh, he left shame in the gutter years ago. Long time ago, yeah. There is an, a, uh, an actual bugbear woman somewhere that he left his shame with. <laughs> so he, f- he felt a personal affinity for, for Caitlin. Though. Oh, he definitely did. Yeah, but with that, I, I feel like sometime down the line, he's going to make a pass at her and she's just going to bludgeon him. Oh, yeah. He'll, he will obviously push his luck. The one time she actually picks up a weapon yeah. in, in combat will be against this guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll be lawful <laughs> neutral again tomorrow. <laughs> just put it on hold for this this one it's my cheat day <laughs> god if alignment cheat days were real we'd be in a lot of trouble around here yeah. <laughs> okay so that is it for our our whole month that's it for the whole arc come back in a week and we're going to start all over again may has five weeks so we're going to do our regular four week arc and then we're going to do another speed run go back to january for our first speed run chicken Mm -hmm. run the introduction of brandon the introduction of brandon and this one's going to be a little special and you will see why when you tune in in five weeks Listen to the other ones before that to get your rigged fix, but that one's going to be a little special. As usual, don't forget to check out the website or the podcast notes for the art that Matt puts up. It's fun. It's fun and it's fruity and it's flary. I don't know what that means. All things that an artist loves to hear about his work. All the, yep, that's it. <laughs> While you're doing that, go into uh, to iTunes or to snitcher or google google poods or whatever the heck you listen to your podcast on review subscribe rate etc subscribe on every podcast platform that you can find i don't care if it if it doubles up just set it to not download and just subscribe for us and give us five stars the usual so we'll see you in a week with a whole new storyline a whole new bunch of characters to roll out i'm nick i'm matt and i'm brandon And this is Rigged, the Random Idea Generator Cast. Rigged is a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network.